Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to Jurassic World Minute, where we visit Jurassic World one minute time. We all need Owen. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode, we're discussing Minute 57 of Jurassic World. But before we get to that, David, heading over to Jurassic-Pedia.com. We've got an article here written by Trenosaur TJ, a friend of the show, Terry. Back in 2011, just a write-up on the electrified fences scene in the original Jurassic trilogy. And I thought it was interesting to bring this up now, since we start to see some more of the Jurassic World fencing in the past, it was all uh, all cables, beams, posts, uh, everything's electrified. Where now, in the Jurassic World era, our new bar at least, um, we seem to be going for just thick bars, going full engineering, uh, brute force to keep the animals back. We've seen a lot of it in Camp Cretaceous as well, where there doesn't look to be a lot of uh, electrified fences left to keep people away from danger on new bar. Yeah. I think they use a, um, don't they mention they use a invisible fence system on Newbar now? Mm. So it's like it's like a dog with a chip. Uh, they It gives them a little prick every time they get too close to the fence. And eventually they learn not to go near that area. Like, mm. you can take the fence, you can take the electric fence out and the dog will still be conditioned to not go past that certain point. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a kind of a system like that, which is what allows for a better viewing experience. But yeah, this article is a bit old. It's one of those ones that I kind of expanded upon later on. And originally, there was three different kinds of fencing. I only mentioned the two here, but there was originally three kinds of fencing uh, that Hammond had built. He built the short, like six foot or seven foot uh, fencing for the smaller carnivores like the Dilophosaurus, obviously since they don't jump and they're not going. There's no really fear of them trying to climb over the fence with it being electrified. You can do that. <laughs> but then they also had a shorter <laughs> yeah. perimeter fence, like the kind we see later on in this movie when Zack and Gray drive the jeep through it, and we see um, Nedry driving through that in the rain and that's unfortunately not mentioned here this article could really use an expansion honestly <laughs> then we have that taller perimeter fencing like the kind that we see at the rex nest and they have to climb over and it's also surrounding the worker village the same kind of fencing hmm. but then we get the uh <laughs> the frankenstein fence in uh jp3 <laughs> <laughs> as well so it's almost kind of like a 
between eras kind of thing. It's like a armored version of some of the fencing we see coming up here on this episode, mm. which makes it which kind of suggests that it may actually be Masrani era fencing. That's yeah, why yeah, yeah. when Hammond said no fencing, he didn't even know this wasn't even built yet. Yeah, out of all all the things in the film that um, that really does sort of point a finger towards that uh, what Masrani was up to in uh, 99, 98, 99 when they're there. So, but yeah, that's kind of the fencing. Mm. Like I said, this article could kind of use a uh, expansion now with Jurassic World and as having some additional kind of different fencing for the islands. So yeah. Yeah, well, we do get to see a lot more in uh, in in this film and next. Um, Camp Cretaceous is also offered up a lot more in the fencing part of things as well, with some of the stuff in the restricted zone. Um, mm-hmm. Just the difference between some of the kind of the kind of all fencing and the uh, the normal fences, or just uh, what we see in this minute in the uh, the valley, which is, just seems to be like a, a, a steel barrier, just to stop the herbivores wandering off uh, into different sections. Then we get the stuff in the Camp Cretaceous Season 1 with the Carnotaurus there, just, again, just steel, over-engineered brute strength of a fence to uh, try and stop it <laughs> from busting out, even though uh, Toro gets out. But yeah, uh, for this article and many more, head over to Jurassic-Peter.com and uh, check them out. Yeah. And once you're done there, you can have a Facebook page and join the discussion with uh, mm-hmm. all us other fans there. Dude. Off-road. But they told us to go back. Now, I'm just worried that you're not getting the full Jurassic World experience. Shh. All right, Dave, ready to get him at 57. Sure. As we're in minute 56 of Jurassic World, the boys had come across Gate 5, twisted and destroyed. As we're in minute 57, Zack has an idea. Dude, off-road. Grow's worried. The computer told him to go back. But Zack's just worried he's not getting the full Jurassic World experience. And with that, raises his finger to his lips. And he goes... At the 13 second mark, he pushes forward on the joystick. And the Jurassic slowly moves through the gate and into the unknown. We cut back to the Innovation Center. There's a girl playing with the hologram display. Claire walks through the hologram of Blue, searching for Owen. At the 27 second mark, someone calls Claire's name and she turns to see Owen standing there. He found her. Claire explains to the nephews they're out in the valley and if anything happens to them, Owen pulls her aside and asks her how old are they. Claire can't respond. She just gives him a rough height of Zack and Gray and he burns her by asking, you don't know his nephew's age? At the 49 second mark, we cut back to the deep, dark jungle. As we can hear Grey saying, no, no, this is a bad idea. What we see on screen is probably right. Grey keeps going, it's a bad idea. But he's going to get arrested, they'll shave their heads, and they'll be making root beer in prison jail toilets. As the minute ends, as the Jurassic moves through the ferns, Zach just asks his brother, what are you talking about? As we continue into minute 57, the boys approach the uh, damaged gate 5. Um, we don't know what caused the damage at this stage, but uh, 
we can only assume it was the Indominus, and my head can still believes <laughs> this is where she uh, broke through a few minutes earlier, and that's what caused the uh, the herd to stampede. But mm-hmm. um, it could we, very well be. Yeah, I before as the boys were approaching here and just seeing the fields in the background with the animals, it's it looks very similar to where we get Owen and Claire driving the G wagon in a couple of minutes' time. So uh, wait, wait, it can't be because the door opens outward from or inward from Jack and Gray's perspective and the damage to the door is clearly on the outside of the fencing so some so something had it broken into the restricted zone not out of oh. it yeah true I always kind of consider it was probably the um, ankylosaurs just busted down the busted down the gate there trying to look for some new space mm. I wonder at this point, with Camp Cretaceous of Toros out yet, it's not something that was done for this film, obviously. But I just wonder if there's some other predator apart from the Indominus that's um, that's broken into the valley here. Uh, again, it can't be because the because the Torosaurus was or uh, the Torosaurus, the Carnotaurus <laughs> was uh, <laughs> was um, kept in quarantine because it was labeled an overly aggressive animal. Hmm. Something's broken this gate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. The sign on the gate does say restricted area, but uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are entering this restricted zone here. What we see later with them in the Jeep, the restriction zone mm-hmm. fence seems to be a lot bigger and manned. So obviously just a mm-hmm. um, bit of a bit of a barrier here to stop the herbivores wandering off into the jungle out of the valley. Yeah, and unlike the... Um junior novelization as you mentioned it last minute where it says that they can see the ankylosaurus further off in the woods the uh, all we kind of see here is like a black hole in the in the area yeah this is yeah i'll be in the uh, the gray boat here of um no that's that's the dark spooky jungle <laughs> i don't care <laughs> i don't care how much jimmy fallon just showed us that or told us that the uh, the ball's bulletproof it's um mm-hmm. Well, Zach says he's a dude off road, and the gray just. <laughs> but they tell us to go back. I'll be, I'll be um, urging a lot more to. Uh, hey, let's let's go back. Let's not do this. But uh, mm-hmm. Zach's just worried that Gray's not getting the full Jurassic World experience, and that's when he lifts <laughs> his finger to his lips and just goes, shh, and pushes forward on the joystick. <laughs> no, I mean again, returning to this gate though. I mean, I'm looking at these pictures, and there's clearly claw marks against the um like deep gouge kind of claw marks like the ones that were on the inside of the indominus pen so i mean it's really kind of a conundrum because this gate is clearly going into the um restricted the restricted zone but the claw marks are on the outside of the gate mm. so does like climb over the gate to <laughs> bust it open and then go back in uh, there is um there is concept art of this gate damaged in that uh, that we'll post up on the Facebook group and it does show the gate more tore apart, showing possibly more of a um more of it being the indominus that caused this. And also those gates in the concept art are a lot bigger too. We're here um we know the gyrospheres are twelve foot wide. Uh, the gates here would be made for a vehicle vehicle access to pass, but uh, most of the vehicles on the island would be six to eight feet wide anyway, standard standard width of a vehicle. So we don't actually see the ball go through the gates, but I, 
<laughs> looking at the um, them approaching and, and them through the gate, I'd um, it'd be a tight squeeze for the ball to fit through the gate in the first place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plus, it doesn't really appear to be a road here either, so it's just a weird, a weird little shot, weird little area. But uh, we cut back to the Innovation Centre and get a quick look at how uh, the holoscope works. Uh, select the animal on the screen and drag it to the centre, and that's that animal appears in the the hologram. We've seen the apatosaur earlier, but here a kid's uh, put its finger on Blue the raptor and made Blue into a hologram here, which makes me wonder how much the guests know about the raptors if they even know there's raptors on the island, full stop. I don't know. I mean, I would imagine that to some knowledge they know there's raptors, but I don't know if they know they're... Like, not support, they're not actually an attraction or if they're not intended to be one. Because, I mean, it's kind of weird because... I mean, as fans, obviously the raptors are a huge draw for us. They've always, they always kind of have been ever since... Uh, the first movie or the first book, whichever you saw first or read first. But to people inside, their first introduction to the to resurrected dinosaurs would have been the T Rex on on the evening news. You know, mm. I'm sure any not any books that Grant or Malcolm have uh, released have have named raptors in the past and. It's probably, we're probably just overthinking this, and the, the kid just pushed a button <laughs> to to bring up to bring up blue because we know that uh, blue is going to be a big part of the film. But you'd imagine, with uh, if there'd been so much uh, fear of the raptors getting out and doing the same as what we've seen before, then then maybe uh, there was denial, or just there was no uh, confirmation that we've even cloned raptors. Also wonder if this is Chekhov's hologram here, where we know all you have to do is press a button and bring a hologram up, and it's what Gray uses later to distract Blue when they're getting chased through the lab or through the innovation centre. But it's uh, Owen that finds Claire first. She turns and uh, turns and runs to him, Ooh, clearly upset. I need you. A uh, stunned Owen says, OK, and uh, Claire starts babbling. I need you, my nephews. <laughs> they're out in the valley, please, if anything happens to them. And trails off as uh, Owen grabs her by the arm and leads her to a quieter part of the innovation centre away from the crowd and asks how old. <laughs> and uh, another bad moment for Claire's character here, where she stammers, um, the older one's, he's like school age, holding her head up at a head height, and then the other one, he's um, a few years, and Owen interrupts her. You don't even know your nephew's age or how old they are, which, no, no. <laughs> considering uh, the whole stuff we got with her when she first met him earlier as well she um, she hasn't taken this opportunity while the boys are out in the park to uh, to brush up on some of the info about him yeah. but uh, Claire pushes slightly back from Owen tears in her eyes I really need someone to tell me um, what happens in the film to make her go from this to uh, Sarah Harding and Fallen Kingdom because there's a massive shift in character that we'll get to and get to Fallen Kingdom and I don't see it so far in this film anyway what's uh how she changes or what causes her to change but uh we'll get to that because now we're going to cut back to deep jungle and something uh a little well, seemingly more overgrown than what we got on sauna in Jurassic park free and we can hear gray say no no bad idea <laughs> <laughs> which we talked about uh previously when the uh, acu were going after indominus of just the sections of this deep dark jungle still in Nublar where you've got mm-hmm. this facility 
this park, this tourist attraction, and there's still areas that are um, even uh, untouched by man or ignored by man, or <laughs> men just stay away from it. And here, just again, the, the set dressing here, these trees, even though this is probably something shot in Hawaii, just mm-hmm. it looks fantastic, dark and ominous. It does, yeah. And this, I think I almost made this a screensaver once, this, this shot we have here, that very first... Um, frame that we have without the gyrosphere or anything in it it's just so kind of spooky seeing the um the jungle kind of dark and decrepit like this mm. you know yeah and we do get a lot of the the vines here with the the um vines going from the tree down the ground with the big leaves on them leaves on them and that that's that's well, we got it on the sets in the jurassic park free to sort of make the jungle look what look like that but it's um it's something that's really on hawaii Again, doing a bit of a watch of Lost at the moment, and you see a lot of this sort of jungle all the time. They've just uh, mm-hmm. darkened it up a little bit more. I've, I think not as much sun coming through the canopy to light it, but uh, it's a calm before the storm before we get to our big, <laughs> our big middle of the movie action sequence. Yeah. But uh, after Grace says bad idea, we hear Zach say great idea, and Great continues. Uh, we're going to get arrested. They'll shave our heads. <laughs> we'll have to make root beer in the toilets. Which makes me wonder what, uh, what what prison stories he's been told. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just kind of having like the kid thing where, I mean, you miss you miss understand the concept because you're young and naive like yeah. that. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, obviously, I mean, it was kind of obvious. I grew up listening to National Public Radio because I would think I was about five or six when I asked my mom. What are Palace Indians? <laughs> of course, I was I, I, I was I meant Palestinians, but <laughs> to, to my young ears, I didn't know what Palestinians were, so I heard Palace Indians. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it's kind of one of those things where you don't quite understand the concept, so your brain creates something that you are familiar mm. with, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You'd also think that he um he'd know that their VIP, VIPs and Aunt Claire wouldn't let him go to jail for being off route <laughs> in a gyrosphere. <laughs> well, I think that's what um Zach's trying to get through to him. That I mean, we're VIPs, dude. We're the head administrators' uh, ne- uh, nephews. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. Uh, they might maybe ban us from the gyrosphere for a day. It's not like they're going to lock them up in their hotel rooms. And even if they do, I mean, that's a really nice hotel room. I wouldn't mind being locked up in that hotel room. It's got room. a good view, too, as we've seen earlier. <laughs> it does. I'm, re- I'm recording this right now, and there's a snowstorm raging outside, and I'm like, I could do with some sun and sand. Off to the tropics we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, it's the same earlier in the novelization too that uh, Zach wanted to ram the animals, <laughs> just doing boy stuff, and uh, knowing there probably wouldn't be many consequences for it. Little do they know that they're so important as VIPs that uh, security isn't even going to come and look for them <laughs> back at the back at the resort. But even Zach doesn't know what Gray's going on about here. He asks him, "What are you talking about?" And as we minute, as we in minute fifty-seven. We're about to get at that major middle part of that film action sequence, but just before we end out on the minute, uh, 
and go novel comparisons here. The boys are driving through the ferns and virgin jungle ground, and there's still zero marks or muck on that uh, gyrosphere glass. You only got to look at any any jungle doco- documentary, and you see a majority of life in the jungles on the ground: bugs, insects, snakes, all that sort of stuff. And here's this big twelve foot round ball, just uh, just driving through the ground, driving through amongst the ferns and that, and not bub- not b- bouncing, not uh, moving around or jolting, and yeah, there should be at least some moisture from the crushed ferns on the glass, but nothing. Yeah. Mainly because it's CG, and if they had to put something on there, they'd have to paint it in <laughs> and do more work. <laughs> I mean, that's almost, I kind of feel, is like the difference between the Jurassic World, uh, the first Jurassic World movie and the second one, and the one and the movies that kind of came before it with Jurassic World, I don't think Universal really wanted to drop a lot of cash on it. I, I always kind of got the feeling that they were like, "Okay, let's go out there and make a make a quick buck, and if it makes some money, it makes some money." They didn't really know if the concept would do well or not, mm. so they didn't want to. They put ILM's B team on it while their A team worked on um, Force Awakens, and they. They kind of let Hasbro half-ass the marketing or the uh, toy line, and I just don't think anybody expected this to be as big of a hit as it was. Of course, the first Jurassic Park movie in almost 15 years, it ended up being a huge hit. I wonder now, and this is a asking a question without notice: in 30 years' time, when we get the re-release special edition of Jurassic World, do do they go back in and? Alter the CGI, make make the Jurassic a little bit more grimy, grimier, make the. Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Spielberg will not let any kind of special editions of his mo- of his movies be done, even movies his name's attached to after the fiasco with the ET special edition, <laughs> well, which I think is kind of the result of why he's been so gun shy with director cuts as well. I was going to ask if uh, we get the cut of Owen carrying a radio around instead of his Marlin as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, South Park. That was a great episode. <laughs> yeah, anyway, anything um, else on that before we get over to novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we're good. All right. Uh, Larry doesn't say it's his job to make sure all Jorosiers are back home, but he does say uh, one's out in the valley and it's going in the opposite direction. To where it should be going, so bit of a bit of a nod there. Uh, after Claire throws down the headset, um, she addresses the control room. Uh, is there any someone, anyone who can come with me? Uh, Larry asks. You mean someone here? <laughs> and Vivian says uh, we're kind of indoor people. <laughs> so odd that uh, she's asking for help in the control room um, for someone to come out and help her find of nephews. Yeah, there's killer dinosaurs going out there, dude. That's a no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It could have been a um, a little wacky side adventure. We do get that with Claire and Owen in the end anyway, but Claire and Vivian or Claire and Lowry out in the field, both sort of not outdoor people, um, bumbling their way <laughs> through, the, uh, through the jungle looking for the nephews. I think it might have been too much. <laughs> we need Owen to keep that uh, that train moving to the uh, visitor centre and back to, the, <laughs> back to Main Street. Uh, Claire... When Claire approaches Owen and says, I need you, Owen jokes, uh, finally you're being honest. <laughs> so, again, a bit of that bravado there we've seen earlier with the uh, trailer, seek- this trailer scene at the um, uh, his cabin. And uh, 
Zack and Grey rolled into a shady grove where the sun was blocked by dense canopy of trees. The ground was rocky and uneven, covered by dead leaves. So again, <laughs> rocky terrain, glass ball. What could go wrong? <laughs> but uh, that is minute 57. Dave, anything else to get uh, discussed before we get heavy for the week? No, I think we're good. 